0: It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where
1: that journey begins.
0: Good evening. This is Paranormal Underground Radio. In the dark, I'm MixLR with your hosts, Karen Frazier and me, Chucky G. We are now live. Hello. Hi. How are you? Cold. Yes. <laughs> we we did establish that before uh, we came <laughs> on the air.
2: I am. I'm like super <laughs> Cold.
0: Wait, at least you got the bottle, well, you didn't get the bottle open, you were trying to drink, your husband opened the bottle for you.
2: That's right, my bottle opener came up the stairs and opened the bottle
0: for me. Sweet, well, maybe he'll come up again, he can bring a blanket, then you don't have to go downstairs, you just have him bring it up.
2: Well, if he brought me a blanket, I'd probably need him to bring me, like, a pickle, too.
0: (laughs) A blanket, and they go hand in hand, is that what it is, pickles and blankets? I see. Mm -hmm. So, hi, Cheryl, how are you?
3: Hi, I'm good. How are you guys doing Whoa, this
0: week? I'm doing great.
3: Wow, you're like super upbeat. I'm kind of chill. I'm
1: peppy.
3: actually, I'm actually like trying to amp myself up because I'm kind of tired tonight. So I'm like going the other direction <laughs> I'm with really this tired, thing. Really tired, yeah. So I'm like super. <laughs> I'm gosh, super we have
0: got the two ladies that are tired, of me who's just coming over a cold. And well, hopefully, I won't go into a gagging fit while we're doing the radio show. That would be uh, into mute. Mute time, but <laughs> yeah. anyways, yeah. Uh, but our guest this evening, Nuzor Ono, is the queen of African horror. All right, so it says uh, she's the creator of chilling horror fiction from the African continent. Her books have introduced African horror to the international stage. Her work has been described as deeply disturbing, spine ch- chingling, chilling, and gripping and haunting. Uh, I don't, I don't know a lot about African horror, so I'm going to be uh, asking. I of,
2: know nothing about it.
0: No, I want to see how much different it is because you got, you know, you have American and you have everybody knows J horror, which is Japanese horror or Asian no, horror. No,
2: I didn't know that.
0: Oh, you didn't know that, like the Ring, no. um, One Miss Call, and all those kind of things. No. And and if you watch the original one, my favorite one, I, I don't know if it's from Taiwan or Korea. It's uh, called Shutter. But then we did an American version that was bad.
3: But yeah, original, I saw that
0: version. <clears throat> the original one is yeah. oh, is, is way creepy. Okay. Oh, it's definitely creepy. I think it's only in subtitle, but it doesn't really matter because it'll still scare the poop out of you. It's pretty <laughs> creepy. I mean, it's way, way, way better. So, so yeah, so I'm interested to see where uh, we go with uh, African horror and what that's all about. So it's going to be fun. So, how was how everybody else this evening? Anything we like to chat about? Cheryl, what's happening in your life? What's going on in your life, you and Chad? Well,
3: we had a mighty fun Halloween, and what was funny is the first two years we moved here, you know, I'd say we're kind of country-fied over here. We got, like, one year maybe, like, five trick-or-treaters, and the next year maybe, like, ten. I swear to God, we got at least 50 or 60 this year. Now, really? Yeah, it was unusually warm this year, so okay. that could have been it, but but it was great, Yeah. I love seeing all the little cute kids in their costumes. They're so cute.
2: <laughs> we we got our usual zero.
3: Oh.
0: <laughs> we didn't get anything either. That's weird. We didn't have anything in our house either. Yeah,
2: so. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I'm fine with it. All right. You, like, you don't mind. The only trick-or-treater we've ever had has been our kid. So <laughs> there
3: you go. Does he walk out of the house and then turn around and come back and ring the doorbell? No, a
2: couple times his dad took him... Would, Came down for Halloween and took him down through the neighborhood. We would usually take him to um, Halloween was kind of the thing he did with his dad. Because oh, okay. His dad was, yeah. Okay. Um, so we would if if I had him for Halloween, I would take him like someplace where they were doing it, like at a shopping center
3: or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Hmm. yeah. So anyway, um. We're well, see. you. Ha- Oh, oh, I was go just going to say,
3: the only other thing we're really planning paranormal-wise right now is, of course, our upcoming Bobby Mackey's
0: da, da, da. investigation,
3: <laughs> which we're really excited about, so we're preparing for that. But.
0: Sweet!
3: Yeah.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah, I have a class tomorrow at, locally in town here. It's going to be fun. A Spirit Journey, it's called, and we're going to have an hour and a half of uh, interesting talking and, 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 and you know and, and all sorts of stuff meditation and just be fun This to be cool so uh, I don't have news tonight I know I, I normally prepare but it's been just so crazy and with work and everything else yeah. so we were gonna do some metaphysical talk Cheryl had uh, brought up the fact of what, did you talk about cleansing is that what you're talking about Cheryl yeah did, Karen did an
3: awesome article in our October issue of paranormal underground magazine on cleansing rituals and I thought well hey let's talk about that that's interesting and i've actually been wanting to cleanse the house i'm in uh well chad and i have been wanting to do it for quite some time we haven't even done Uh it yet and now we're like Mm -hmm. okay well we're planning on moving so maybe we'll just wait and like do a a a cleansing when we move into our new home uh
2: you know i so i cleanse my house fairly regularly so whenever i feel myself getting into like what feels like either a stagnant or a negative energy pattern Mm -hmm. i will cleanse my house and my environment and my personal self and, and, um, I mean more than just a shower or bath, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really feel like you can do a cleanse anytime you feel like things aren't going your way. If you've had visitors to your house, like your in-laws and you hate them, um, <laughs> if you've had a fight, Uh-huh um, you know, if you've had, gone through a period of illness, stress, anything like that, if somebody's died, not necessarily even in your house, just if somebody in your life has died. Anytime that the energy can either stagnate or be negative, it helps to do a cleanse to fill, to to sort of set the intention for the positive to come in and the negative to go out.
0: Okay. And... How, how do you, I mean, I, I, there's so many, I, you read all the time, there's so many different ways of going about doing that. Mm-hmm. Whether it's sage, where it's, mm-hmm. um, like, I like to use bells, there's, like, all sorts of different ways to do it. So, I mean, do you have a particular one you like to do more, or do you do, do you change it up, or uh, how does I that I change
2: it, I change it up. So, what I truly believe is that there's nothing magic about cleansing. Mm-hmm. It really has to do with the intention that you're setting, and you're setting the intention to bring in new positive energy and to release stagnant or negative energy or energy that doesn't serve you anymore Mm -hmm. so i truly feel like um uh, you know i do it very intuitively which is why i change it up and do different things i do what feels right for the moment to me Uh, a lot of times that does involve sage just because for me that ritual is kind of a a one that I've always used and so it's calming and it's soothing and for me it's a very clear way to set intention Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, but you know a lot of people think well I'm just gonna burn sage and um, that'll be that'll get rid of all the negative things well if you get rid of the negative things you also need to realize that you need to create the positive energy Mm-hmm. And so, like, after I do sage, I always burn either Palo Santo, okay. uh, which is a wood It okay. smells really good. Palo mm-hmm. Santo. It's P-A-L-O-S-A-N-T-O. Palo Santo. Um, or mm-hmm. I burn sweetgrass. Um, okay. And sometimes I'll, like, create something with either herbs or uh, essential oils and do, I just call them my juju sprays. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll cleanse with energy from energy healing, like with Reiki or something. Sometimes I'll cleanse with sound using like my singing bowls or things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Sometimes I'll just, I'll just cleanse through meditation. So it really depends. And sometimes I'll cleanse the house uh, or incense. You can do incense too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll cleanse the entire house. Sometimes I'll cleanse my house, my yard, my property. Okay. Um, sometimes I'll just do a personal cleanse and sometimes I'll do a combination of all of those. Mm-hmm. And when I do a combination of all of those, I also use a combination of methods because it's about setting that intention in a way that I feel comfortable with and also putting out, uh, things that vibrate at the, um, at the frequency of the things I'm trying to attract.
0: Okay. So when you do this, I mean, say you're going to go and you, tomorrow and you're going to do it, you're going to cleanse your home. Okay. How how do you how do you choose? I'm not, at, but okay. Okay, how do you how do you choose at that time? You know, like
2: it you, it's you, totally, intuitively for okay, me. Okay, I was going
0: to ask you if it's intuitively or not.
2: Mm-hmm. And so what I what I tell people is do something that feels right for you and makes you truly have confidence that you've released negative energy and you've improved positive mm-hmm. energy. Go ahead, Cheryl. Oh, oh ahead. no, Answer. this.
3: This was just another um, another topic that Bob was talking about in chat. Um, he's saying you can use Reiki to cleanse. That's what I
2: said with the energy healing. I, oh, energy I, I
3: healing. Same thing. Okay. Yeah, it's the same thing. I
2: do, use Reiki. I do use Reiki to cleanse. I use it a lot. Um, and then the other thing is what I like to do is follow up an energy and environmental cleanse um, with a personal cleanse and that can be you know smudging yourself with smoke Uh, I like to take a salt water bath uh, using sea salt and Mm -hmm. um, essential oils my favorite is sandalwood but anything that kind of vibrates at the energy of whatever it is I'm trying to attract Mm -hmm. Um, so you know you can even for to cleanse energy you can write something that you no longer want on a piece of paper and burn it
3: right So I have a question. So let's say uh, in a a little while I'm going to be going to Bobby Mackey's and investigating. And Mm -hmm. I'm ready to go home, but I'm afraid maybe something negative or just unwanted is going to come back with me. What would I do then before I traveled back home?
2: Well, before I traveled there, I would make sure I have black tourmaline.
3: Yeah, okay. Do you have some? No, but I have that. You did tell me about taking that with me, so I have it written down to, to get
2: you need to get it, but, you, you know, since it's you're, you're going in a couple weeks, you probably want to start looking around to find it in case you <laughs> have to have it shipped or something. Oh, yeah, duh.
3: Okay. Um, so you probably
2: need to get that fairly soon. I would just recommend going to healingcrystals.com for that. So the first okay. thing I would recommend is, is black tourmaline. Then um, I do typically one of two things. Well, you can sage yourself before you leave. Uh, mm-hmm. What I recommend is that you put up a shield as soon as you get there. Okay. Okay. Um, and so with your shield what you need to do is just picture like pushing out a bubble or a wall or something from your core and pushing it all around you and you can if you make it a bubble then you can see out but maybe they can't get in there with you so you can still see and experience what's going on but it's not in there and I would also re- recommend if you have not set shields and bubbles very often that you reset it several times through the through the time that you're there Okay um and then before you leave i would basically say we came to see you thank you for spending your time with us you are not allowed to come with me and then pop out your shield pop out your bubble again and make sure you pop that bubble out and keep it until you leave um and if you're really concerned honestly i would get some sage or something like that and um just sage yourself there you go. I'm writing things down.
0: I know I can see.
2: Yeah, you're I see you are <laughs>
0: diligently writing it all down. Um,
2: and I, I realized, I realized that you sitting there writing after I stopped talking would lead to dead air. I forgot we were <laughs> on the radio. Yeah. I thought well, we were just okay. having our conversation. Yeah, it's it was a kind of nice little. Um, <laughs> so I mean, but there's, yeah. you know, the other thing is that you can, if you have uh, easier access to, for instance, to essential oils than yeah. you do to something like sage. Um, then you can create something protective from essential oils and, um, you Mm. know, I would basically, what I would do is I would get some essential oils like frankincense and myrrh, uh, Uh which are fairly common and lavender and those are essential oils and I would just put them in some, in a spray bottle with some, um, some sea salt Uh and water and you don't need to put much of the oil, um. And I probably even like some rosemary And you can even just put rosemary herbs in there Okay okay? Like dried rosemary in there Um, And then I would just kind of spray that about my person But I would make sure that, you know, you ask to be protected You have the intention that you're protected You keep that shield up And before you leave, you make sure you say You're not coming with me and pop Mm -hmm. that shield out
0: Yeah, man, make sure you say You can't come with me All
2: right Feel something If you feel like something's with you, pop that shield out again and pop it as far as you can, push it from your body so that it pushes it far, far, far away and set the intention that that shield stays in place. But Bob's going to be there. Bob can also do rake.
3: Yes. I'm confused because here... Uh, what is it saying if I'm going looking for for paranormal activity, but then I'm I'm like putting up shields and and you know trying to keep things away? It's kind of contradictory. No, 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 no it's not though. Okay, because you
2: can still observe and experience without having it come inside your bubble
0: yeah that's like oh, saying that's okay, like saying point. i want to go look at a shark but i don't want to go jumping in the tank you know
2: <laughs> <I saying? laughs> yes. with that glass
0: <laughs> between looking at
2: it oh i see your what you're saying like looking at the shark in the aquarium as opposed mm-hmm. to yes. swimming in the middle that's of the, swimming the shark <laughs> the surfboard. okay yes. yes with blood come, come, pouring come, out come. of your your knees. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i get I it i get it okay all right good to know even the most seasoned investigators go protected um oh yeah you know we always
0: always did a prayer and everything and would you know uh shields up when we go in and then of course the same thing on the way out hey you can't be with me you know make sure we're doing the same thing on the way out you know you don't want to go home and go hey guess what i brought home with me
2: so is cleansed after an investigation and and um i have once okay ever but the other thing you do is take some salt water with you some sea salt i mean yes and when you get after you get there with your shield intact, after you've been at Bobby Mackey's, yeah. fill your bathtub with water, put some of the sea salt in it, mm-hmm. bathe in that salt water, and then sit in the tub and let and um, let the drain the water all
3: drain out before you get out. of the Oh, I could do out. that. Yeah. There you go. Well, yeah. here's the thing. So the the black tourmaline is it black just like tourmaline. a little stone that I'm going to put in my pocket, yeah. or what am I going to do with it? Yeah,
2: just keep it in your mm-hmm. pocket.
3: Oh, okay. All right, Chad's getting yeah, one and I'm getting cronium. one. Yeah, and I
2: actually, I usually have a bunch that I give to people, but I've given them all away, and I haven't gone to the, my rock shop and replenished recently.
0: <laughs> yeah, I haven't been to I haven't been to the rock shop or the crystal shop in a while. So, but I think I have I think I have black tourmaline too upstairs. So, interesting. Sorry. Yeah. So here's a question, really quick. So you go ahead and and so people understand this because I know of this, but you go and you. Cleanse out all the negative energy and then you don't fill it what can happen
2: it can fill up with more negative energy it leaves a vacuum for anything to come in
0: there you go that's why
2: i always suggest doing something that'll pull in positive energy and like i say i love palo santo um it's it's just my favorite thing as far as bringing in positive energy but you can also burn cedar or lavender Or sweet Mm -hmm. grass or things like that as well. You can even go to like a metaphysical store, even on Amazon. And you know how they have those incenses that are labeled like this incense is to bring money, this incense is to bring, you know, that type of thing? Yeah. You can use that too. You can get an incense to bring in the type of energy that you're seeking to fill yourself with Mm -hmm. and your environment with. And you can just get some of that and burn it too. And Cheryl, then you just run through the... You just run through the smoke. Now, one of the things, i the one time that I did cleanse after an investigation, because I felt like I was covered in, like, uh, sticky negative energy, mm-hmm. I also took my clothes off and washed them in salt water,
3: oh, too. Interesting.
2: Because I didn't want that. So, before I cleansed myself and my environment, and I actually cleansed my whole house, I got home from the investigation, and I just felt it was just a sticky... And so I went through the house and I first I took all of my clothes off and put them in salt water. Or the other thing you can do is you can just surround them with salt and then take them home and wash them. Okay. (laughs) So like even if you just put them in a garbage bag or something with salt. Okay. um, Because the salt just kind of serves as a barrier. But so I came home and, and I changed my clothes immediately. And then I did the cleanse on the house and then I sealed the house and I sealed my house by putting salt around all of the doors and windows, basically around the perimeter of the house. I sealed the house and then I sprinkled crystals around to bring positive energy. And then I went and I did the bath as well and that night then I double i made sure i put my bubble up before i went to sleep and i said nobody's allowed to be here with me and and all of that stuff so no i did not take them off right after the investigation <laughs> I just that comment. Um, lord <laughs> bob
3: so oh, that's not how it worked
2: it was have, when i got home we have <laughs> some
3: nag champa is, is that good or no i need yeah discussion. yeah nag okay. champa
2: is my absolute favorite as a matter of fact okay. i use um an essential oil blend that is a nag champa blend that i oh. wear as perfume oh, as just cool. part of extra and just an energetic thing
4: okay so, wow i like care now champa. okay it's,
2: it's my favorite and it's yeah it's a really positive it brings in really positive stuff so
3: absolutely. sweet all right good yep. does wow. chad
2: like the nag champa
3: it's yeah it's you can smell it it's not even out of the box and you can smell it
2: yeah, it's very, and it's very distinctive. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I do. I wear it as my, my personal fragrance. I get so many compliments. People are always like, oh, my God, you smell so good. Like, I smell like incense, I guess. So, yeah. Nice. Better than smelling like dog poop.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Incense feces. Let me weigh that out. I'll go with the incense.
2: There so, there you go. that's, uh, but the most important thing to remember is listen intuitively and um, if you feel like you need cleansing you do don't doubt yourself
3: okay
2: and then yeah it's it's mostly about intention and setting setting the environment energetically Mm -hmm. and so while these things do vibrate at at intensities that attract or repel the things you're trying to attract or repel truly your intention is the most important thing
3: got it okay
0: yeah, I, I, that, that's true with anything that you do. You know, uh, even metaphysically, the intention has to be there. Otherwise, it's just words or actions, you know what I mean? So, I agree 100%. I like the uh, idea that I do the incense. That's what I like to do. So, But I did have someone ask me that once about the, uh, you know, well, what happens if you just don't set anything after you bring out the negative? I mean, I'm positive, so I go on there and I go, well, no, you still want to...
2: Well, what happens go if there. you have a a rain gauge in the rain that you empty out and then set back in the rain it fills back Oof. up right? right exactly yeah
0: i agree so there you go cheryl i can go run around your house and saging and
3: yeah you know, i'm putting in. this into action thank you yeah. all right excellent it's time to go to break so okay.
2: let's do that uh stick around you're listening to paranormal underground radio in the dark here on mix we'll be right back
3: hey great t-shirt I've heard of that place. It's really supposed to be haunted. You wear such cool t-shirts.
2: You must have been, what, to every haunted spot in the country? Well, not really. I'm a member of HauntedShirtClub.com. I get a great t-shirt from a different haunted place every month, along with an info card with photos and stories and more. I can hardly wait to open it every month. Wow, I have to check that out. HauntedShirtClub.com, right? Yep, that's it.
3: Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine.
5: And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites, to ufology, to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions.
3: If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology and much much more visit paranormalunderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today
2: hey everyone if you can't get enough of paranormal underground then i've got good news for you we're on social media you can find us on twitter on facebook and i think even on myspace and nobody has a myspace page anymore so check out paranormal underground on your favorite social media site today
4: This is Jack Kenna, paranormal investigator and author with Spirits of New England, writer and correspondent with Paranormal Underground Magazine. Also, starting this Sunday, August 28th at 10 p.m., you can catch me on Haunted Case Files, which will highlight numerous investigations from our Spirits of New England team, as well as other investigators throughout the Northeast. Find out more at our website at www.spiritsofnewengland.org
2: hey everyone it's karen frazier co-host of paranormal underground radio in the dark thanks for listening to the show you've probably read my column in paranormal underground magazine i write columns about energy healing metaphysics and also dream interpretation but did you know i also am an author of multiple books about metaphysics and the paranormal you can learn more about the books that i've written on my website author karen that's author Karen K-A-R-E-N Frazier F-R-A-Z-I-E-R dot com
5: My name is Daryl E. Berry junior longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting edge. And founder and director of Next to Density, a research education and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarrellEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change Yourself. Join me
0: at the Big Seance Podcast. I'm Patrick Keller of
5: BigSeance.com, and this is a place for an open discussion on all things paranormal, but specifically topics like ghosts and hauntings, paranormal research, spirit communication, psychics and mediums, and life after death. The candles are already lit, so you might as well come on in and join the Big Seance Podcast.
0: So, you're looking for the best in paranormal radio. Well, you just found it right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained.
2: That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well.
0: So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring
1: the unexplained.
0: We are back. We are live. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your host, Karen Frazier, and me, Chucky G. I want to say one thing before I bring on our guest really quick, because I forgot to do it, if it's okay. I just want to wish uh, my brother, Tom, and my sister-in-law, Barb, a wonderful happy anniversary.
2: Oh,
0: happy anniversary, Tommy da, da, and da, Barbie Ah, There you go. Okay. All right. Now we're going to bring on... Nuzo, oh no, we're going to talk about African whore because I don't, I have, I have no idea what it is. So, hi, good evening.
1: Hello, Chuck.
0: How
6: are you? I'm great, oh. thank you.
0: Awesome, I love your accent too, by the way. It's very
6: lovely. <laughs> it's no accents, honestly. It's like all over the place. <laughs>
2: you know, we're the one, we're the ones with accents, aren't we?
6: Do we have accents? Well, well I, I know your accents. I mean, here I can definitely tell it's an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> mine is nothing it's an from all over the world
2: yeah well and you know what I actually I can kind of hear a little bit of London mm-hmm. uh, you know a little bit of the mm-hmm. England but I can also hear some of the musicality of the, the African so absolutely.
6: yeah exactly it's got everything in it <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I like it I, I think it sounds great I like I like it that, that our, where we've been and the things we've done are reflected in the way we speak
6: Dear Lord, currently you now I'm almost convinced I'm speaking to somebody here in the UK. Here, everyone is obsessed with accents. Is it the same? Is it the same in the states?
2: Yeah, it is. Um, it it definitely is. And you know, we have a lot of regional regional accents throughout ah. the country. And but but we what we really like are accents from across the pond.
0: Yes, <laughs> I think they're lovely. is what I think. I think they're just lovely. Yeah. So oh, bless. Well, you have like a worldly accent then, because it's not really one place, is what you're saying. You no, just, it's, it's not it's one, one
6: place. There you go. It just reflects everything and everywhere I've lived in.
0: So. I, l- <laughs> I like that answer. I like that answer. Okay, so let's start with, um, we're just going to start with a little bit of background of where you've come from and how you got into African horror, uh, but I want to I hear more about your life as it unfolded to get to that point. So can we start wherever you would like to start from?
6: Okay, I can start by saying that my name is Noza Ono, and I write African horror. I was born in a little place called Old Biafra. It's a part of Nigeria. We had a long civil war with Nigeria, um, trying to um, have our own country. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, I grew up um, there, and then went to school there and everything, and then got sent to England to go to boarding school, um, carried on, went to university here, studied law, um, got married, got divorced, got married again, got divorced again, went back to university, got a master's degree in writing, and decided I'm going to start writing. And then the next thing I know, I'm writing African horror. Well, it wasn't called African horror. I gave it the name, really, because I've always loved horror. I grew up um, on folk tales, mm-hmm. horror folk tales about ghosts, and so it was a natural progression that when I started writing, inevitably I'll start writing about ghosts because I grew up surrounded by, you know, stories about ghosts under the moonlight tales,
0: mm-hmm.
6: and that's so... how it's come about
0: so what's um do you have like a favorite ghostly tale that you know you remember from when you were younger you know something that really impacted you
1: and i think about.
6: when we were kids every single you know moonlight tale revolved around ghosts and it was always about ghosts of moms, children who've lost their moms, and the dads married their stepwife. I mean, it's a it's a polygamous society, so men tend to have a numerous wives. And I always liked the ones about children who's who lost their moms and the evil stepmothers, and a bit like um, Snow White. But then, poor Snow White didn't have a mom who was powerful enough to come out from the grave and strike down the evil stepmother. But in African ghost stories, yes, we used to have the evil stepmothers, haunted and killed by the um, powerful ghost of the dead mother, revenge and the evil done to her child. So I love that. Yeah, I like that.
0: Huh. so what? (laughs) Um, so what? That's interesting. So what? Like, what is the uh, African belief for the afterlife? Is it the same as ours, or is uh, is it just? Culture the same it, it, all over the it's world,
1: or
6: totally, totally different. I mean, I always say that um, in Africa, we um, our belief system about the life and ghosts and afterlife it's totally different. Okay. Um, here in the West, I think because of Christianity, we have the Christian belief that everything begins and ends here you know, once you die, you're dead here in this particular sphere and you move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. It's different for us in Africa. We believe it continues, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, What determines a person in Africa is not so much how you live here, um, the kind of life you live here or anything. No, it's the kind of death you experience and the kind of burial that you get. So that if you don't have the right kind of burial, if you don't die the right kind of death, mm-hmm. then um, anything can happen. So you find, for instance, that in Igbo culture, we've got different kinds of deaths. You've got things that you might call the tragic death. And that's okay. when someone dies without um, having kids and the bloodline ends. And that's the end of that bloodline. That's very tragic, you know, when a woman dies in childbirth.
1: Okay. Then
6: you have the evil deaths. Those are the ones that die, are executed, or suicides, or people who are struck down by lightning, um, or lunatics, Um, and then you have the sudden deaths. Those ones are the ones that die suddenly in accidents and things like that, and they are not sure that they are dead. And then you have the right kind of death. Those are the ones that live a long life and die at the right time. And okay. of course, no death is taken at face value. If you die, there's always got to be something supernatural to it. So here, if someone dies, you know it's either you know it's homicide or natural causes. So okay. you know, you're not going to start looking for anything else. No, back back home, it must be something supernatural either you've been cursed by the ancestors or a witch or a wizard or the evil spirits or something supernatural is behind it. Hmm. So yeah, totally different.
0: Yeah. I would say, well, yeah, I would say in some ways it, it, it is. So, so then if we're, we're saying that, um, you say everything has a supernatural connection to it, whether you die yes. tragically or not tragically. So, yes. so what, then if we're talking, let's talk spirits, people who have passed on, wh- are we, what are we looking at for, um, are we saying then evil spirits are the people who have died in the way we talked about in a, uh, the, you know, the, whether they were killed or suicide, you know, versus the, the natural causes kind of way? Is that how that splits up too?
6: Um, I mean, like I say, it's all different in different parts. I mean, we've got like 3,000 and more different cultures in Africa, you know, Mm. all speaking different languages and having different um, traditions around Mm -hmm. ghosts and, you know, the afterlife. Right. So, of course, each different culture has got its own belief about Mm -hmm. the evil dead or the evil ghosts. I write specifically because of of all the different cultures we've got. Africa is an African horror, can't Mm. be... How do I put it? It can't be treated under one blanket. So you've only got to adopt a thematic approach, and that's what I tend to do. I just focus on the Ebo culture, and in the evil culture, the evil dead, or uh, you know, the, the evil ghosts, yes. they are not just the ones who, uh, because of course, when you're, you, you you die a bad death, mm-hmm. you, in the olden days, and in some villages till date, you are chucked into something we call ajofia, which is the bad Forest, and that is where um, those kind of people—they're not given because he both tend to bury their dead in the compound. Okay. Sometimes even inside the living room, just to make sure oh. that when they come back, they are not lost. They know exactly they reincarnate back into the family because we believe strongly in reincarnation. You know, right. I know exactly who I reincarnated back as.
1: Mm-hmm. And
6: so, if you're buried within the compound or inside the living room. Mm-hmm. You When you come back, you come back into the same family. If you die a bad death and you're chucked away into the bad forest, mm-hmm. then, of course, you can't reincarnate back into the family. And those ones might be the bad spirits, the evil spirits who hang around, you know, because inevitably those chucked into the bad forest are uh, assumed to be evil anyway. If you're struck right. down by lightning, you must have done something really evil. Okay. And, you know, if, if you're a murderer who's been executed, you must have been evil. So, of course, when you come out, you're not going to be a nice ghost. You're going to be evil. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So with us, we know that the bad ghosts are mainly the ones that died the wrong kind of death and okay. buried the wrong way. In some parts of Afri- East Africa, for instance, if someone is evil and they die, what they do is they dig a hole you know, in the wall of the house. And they push the corpse of the evil person, leg first, through the hole before sealing up the hole immediately. So this is that the ghost. Yeah, it will not remember the way back to the entrance, you know, to the house. And um, others tend to burn the body. For instance, if they think someone is a witch, they burn the body and they'll cut it up and feed it to the hyenas to make sure they can't come back again, you know. And we know about the powerful Zulus, of course. I mean, they were the most powerful warriors. And the Zulus believed that if they killed somebody at the battle, they also had to um, cut open the heart of the person they killed to make sure the ghost of the person doesn't come back to haunt them, which is why they had a very fearsome reputation. you know. But that was all because you know that if someone is dead, they can come back under certain circumstances.
0: Mm -hmm. Now... Uh, we're talking about customs and that kind of stuff. Uh, let's talk, let's talk witch doctors or, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, medicine men. I don't know how, however you want to, however you want to verbiage it, but <laughs> is that still, is that still a, in the modern times, is that still a belief? Is that still, you know, solidified oh my God. within witch the culture? Witch
6: doctors I even, belief in witch doctors are even, is even more powerful now than it ever was. Really? It's something. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think, um, I always say to people, which doctors can be anything you want them to be? You can you can compare them to the psychics here. Okay. Or you can compare them to an ordinary doctor here or okay. to a judge or to a shrink, you mm-hmm. know, Anything you want a witch doctor to be, he'll be that for you. Now, the good witch doctors who practice the art, the way it's meant to be practiced. I was listening to the la- the lady who spoke before I came on, and she was saying something about if you don't like anything, write it down and burn it. I oh, love yeah, that, that idea. <laughs> yeah, that was me. I <laughs> love oh, you. Yeah. Well, I was listening, and I said to myself, I love that idea.
1: Mm -hmm. burn it
6: up and chuck it away I'm going to do it as soon as I finish this program come on I'm going to write down everything I hate you know now that's the kind of thing a good witch doctor would tell you to do you know because they are there to protect but then you have the charlatans those who have taken advantage of the changes brought about by colonialism Mm -hmm. who have taken advantage of globalization poverty greed hunger sickness everything And they thrive on um, exploiting. Because as I said, uh, someone always said, you can't call yourself an African without being superstitious. You've got to believe in something. Mm -hmm. And superstition and witch doctors go hand in hand. Because the relevance of a witch doctor is taking advantage of the superstitious beliefs of the people. So till date, I remember as kids... um, Whenever there was elections or anything, we'll be told, you know, stay indoors after school, go straight into the car, go home, because that's when the witch doctors, the politicians are out kidnapping children to take to the witch doctors, who will then do the spells for them to make sure they have victory at the polls. And then you find armed robbers, you know, they would go to the witch doctors and say, make a spell for us to make sure that if we go robbing, the police won't find us and we're invisible and things like that. So... Women go to witch doctors to get spells to make sure they have male, you know, children for their husband, because it's Mm -hmm. a society that values having a son more than anything. So these women would go to the witch doctors and say, you know, I want to have a son for my husband so he doesn't marry a second wife and replace me. And so the witch doctors, yeah, they are very powerful. They work hand in hand with the pastors. You know, I don't know who's worse, the pastors or the witch doctors. (laughs) Honestly.
0: Really? Really? Why do why, why do you say that? I mean,
6: well, w- the Pentecostal pastors—they are as um, how do I put it? They, yeah, I would say ninety-five percent of them are as crooked as the witch doctors, because mm-hmm. it's the same thing. For instance, we Eboes—we're a very religious, you know, very very religious people. Mm-hmm. Uh, practically everyone is in at the church. You go back home. I went back home and recently to bury my mom and one thing that struck me was every single street had a church it doesn't matter you come out on a sunday on a monday on a tuesday they're all in the churches Mm -hmm. and so the pastors have a lot of power and what you find is that some of these pastors have now learned how to merge traditional beliefs in witch doctors and juju with religion Because that is a bit like what you know the old Christian practice here, Mm -hmm. where a lot of the Christian festivals are based on pagan beliefs and pagan festivals and things. You know, to make it acceptable to people, they had to bring in the pagan beliefs and festivals into the christian belief and that's what they've done at home as well you find the pastors who have merged belief in witch doctors and magic and everything and they use that and they exploit the people just the same Mm -hmm. so if you don't want to feel you're a pagan if you're educated and you want to feel okay i'm not as um uh, i'm not as fetish as the illiterates who would go to witch doctors Mm -hmm. even though everyone goes Mm-hmm. Um, then you go to the pastors, and it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing.
0: Hmm. So while we're talking pagan symbols and such, uh, Cheryl was telling me um uh, one of the, I was in your article, about the Tree of Truth. Yes. Can you give us the background to this, what it's about? Because I, I know nothing about it. I'm kind of interested. Um,
6: that is just a story. One of you know, um, a Tree of Truth featured in one of my stories in my book on okay. hallowed graves. Okay, And that was, um, the particular story was the unclean. And as I said in numerous interviews, that actual story was based on a real um, event that okay. happened to a friend of my mom. Oh. Um, she, she, her husband died. And they, uh, the husband's people believed that she had a hand in his death. Mm-hmm. And they took her back to the village Um, The usual thing they do to widows, of course, they shave off your hair immediately. As soon as your husband dies, they shave off your hair. And they washed the dead body. They waited for a few days to make sure the body was beginning to um, putrefy, And Mm -hmm. then they washed it. And then they forced her to drink the water they used in washing the corpse. And then took her and the corpse into the forest and left her with that corpse in the forest under a particular tree, a shrine tree that the villagers worship. Because, I mean, you know, uh, trees uh, are, are considered deities in some, some cultures. Okay. And they left her with that corpse for three nights. And the, the belief is that usually if a woman is accused of being implicit, complicit in her husband's death, and they take her into the forest, if she's guilty the 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 shrine the day to the tree mm-hmm. would give its powers to the body of the man and he would rise down rise up and strike her dead after three days if she's innocent she'll survive it and when the villagers come back after three days they'll find her alive and that proves her. Uh, it's a bit like Puts in the witches, you know, tying up the witches and dropping them into the (laughs) water. They used to do it here in England in the olden days. If they they sink and drown, they are witches, you know. Damned if you do and damned if you don't.
2: Right. That's exactly what it sounded like as you were describing that to me. Yeah.
6: You know, I mean, in some cases, a lot of the women will probably die from, you know, they'll have the runs or something from drinking that kind of water. And being in the forest, the fright alone would probably kill them, and that means they're guilty. But if you survived the ordeal, yeah, you are innocent. You know, so um, even the Nigerian government, Nigerian parliament had recently taken out, uh, made a law that such practices against widows are now prohibited. But, I mean, how are they going to enforce it? It's still going on in the rural villages. There's nothing they can do.
0: Mm-hmm. Why are they? what's the part of the shaving the, the, their hair off what has what that got to do with anything what is, how is that connected
6: you know I don't know I've okay. never had any idea about <laughs> I have no idea
1: like, all yeah. I know
6: is that if a woman's husband dies it's even the other women that come to shave the hair it's not even the men You know, and they they believe they've got to shave it with the crudest implements to make sure. Some of them, by the time their hair is all shaved, you'll see the blooded scalp and everything. I don't know what it is. Ah. And then they make you sit in ash. You know, they get this pile of ash and make you sit in the ashes um, with your hair shaved. And you don't go anywhere. You don't do anything. You just sit down there for weeks on end. Wow. It's vicious, honestly, the plight of widows. So because I write ghost stories, I needed to bring out what I do in my stories. I try, that's why I call it African horror. I try to bring in aspects of the culture, both good and bad. Right. To introduce things to my readers about the African culture within um, a horror context. You know, so uh, trees play a very, very important role in Africa. In all African communities, you'll find a lot of people um, worship trees. I know some, like in some tribes in East Africa. Um, okay. What country now? I think Tanganyika or something. Yeah, they, they, they bury their dead, you know, in forests. And these forests, you you would come there, and what you find is lots and lots and lots of clumps and clumps of trees, you know. And these trees, they go there, and they are called the forest of the dead. And once you go to a forest of the dead, how you know it is that when you come there, you might find other trees around the place all burnt because you get lots of bushfires and everything. But okay. those clumps, isolated clumps of tall trees amidst the desolate, fire-ravaged landscape. Those are the forests of the dead. And if you go in there, you're going to find things like cups and plates and leftover food and everything, you know. And those forests are supposed to be haunted by the dead, of course. People describe hearing voices and movements and lights and everything there. So trees have always been something that we... um, we revere, just as we revere rivers and, you know, snakes and certain animals as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, because I know voodoo is a religion in Africa, but, you know, because over here, it's kind of gotten, you know, mixed with America, Caribbean, yeah. and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I would assume you know a little of both. And, I mean, there's such a wide difference, you know, between the yeah. two.
6: Is voodoo? I think the voodoo is more the one you've got over there. As is more of juju, we call it juju.
0: Juju, okay,
6: yeah, you know, j u j u, okay.
1: Um,
6: uh, we call it juju, so it's different from your voodoo. And um, voodoo is more of a religion, there. As is uh, juju, it's more of a magic kind of thing, okay. Uh, it, it just means, um, but anyone, it's like hexing, you know, yes. Call it hexing, nothing mm-hmm. else. Okay. So that if anyone's got it in for you, all, all they need to do is just to uh, hex you, more or less with juju. But I always say, one thing I believe about these things is that I, I have a, my late brother, I remember my late brother used to say to me, you know when, you know everything in life begins and ends with blood and faith. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember asking him, what do you mean? He said to me, for instance, if you pick up this piece of rock, And he picked up a piece of rock and he said to me, this piece of rock, if I want it to be powerful, all I need to do is to have the faith that it can get power. And every day I'd get a chicken, kill the chicken, put the blood of the chicken on it, pray to it. The next day I'll probably kill a lamb or kill a dog, anything. As long as I feed it blood and I give it faith, it will assume powers. Mm -hmm. But then that's what happens. And I always say to myself, the power is only as strong as your belief and your superstition. Otherwise, I remember living in a house, one of the houses I lived in here in England. And people said to me, it's haunted. You know, how can you live there? And I remember laughing and saying to them, oh, come on. You know, what's the ghost of a dead white woman got to do with me, an African woman? You know, she's got no business with me. Mm -hmm. I never saw the ghost. I never had any problems but I remember everyone saying to me, no one's ever lived in that house. they moved in there, and they're gone. And the same thing. We had our juju. We had all our beliefs, our powerful, powerful things. And yet the white man came there, and he wasn't struck down by all these powerful magic and things. Why? Because he didn't believe in it. We believe in it, and it worked for us. So anything you believe in, just the same with juju, if you believe in juju, you can be hexed. If you don't believe in it, well, you know, mm-hmm. then it's not your, your, your cultural belief, then you probably wouldn't get hexed.
0: Right. Yeah, the intention. We were talking about that before um, when you're doing cleansings and such uh, yeah. you know, as us being psychics. It's, it's, the, it's, all, it's the, intention and the intention and the belief is what yes. gives us it its power. <laughs> You
6: know what I, mean? I was laughing within the chat when the person was saying that she came back and she used salt and she washed it in salt and did everything. And somebody yeah. was in the chat, "I'll just tell them to get the f out." I said, "That's <laughs> it."
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that's that, that. That makes sense, though. You know, it, it kind of like it holds. It that really holds true with any religion. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all intention and belief. So exactly. Um, so I'll, I I don't know if uh, Karen wanted to get this I'll I'll I'll, I'll grab it. It's Bob has a question. Um, it says in uh, Haiti they have a belief of zombies. Is this a belief yeah. held in Africa as well or,
1: or? No,
6: zombies. It's um it's strictly a Western um it's it's a Western kind of uh a, a supernatural entity. Let me call it that one. It's like I always say, here in the West, you guys have got um, things like Frankenstein and American werewolves and the Yeti and zombies and, you know, all these things. In Africa, we deal with the supernatural. You know, we've got no interest in the real things you can see. We believe in the supernatural. It's just going to be a zombie. It's just going to be the spirit of a dead ancestor possessing a dog or possessing a ram or anything. Okay. You know, taking possession of the dead, but not literally the body of the dead getting up. I mean, I know about him. We also believe... I remember my dad in my village. We, we have this belief in my village that there's a village that my village people never go to. And I remember saying to my dad, why is it that we can't go to that village? And he said to me, because if you go to that village, you will find everyone who's ever died in our village there. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, no one's ever gone there and come back sane. And I think I touched on that story in my first book, The Reluctant Dead, called The Names of Our Dead. Okay. And I remember being fascinated by the idea that we have a village where everyone who's ever died in my village, they live there. You know, they trade like normal people. They do everything. But mm-hmm. we can't go there and see them, otherwise we go crazy or we die.
1: Mm-hmm. And when
6: my brother died, my younger brother died, I remember saying, I wish I could go to that village. I wish I could go there. And saying to my dad, tell me the name of that village. Tell me, let me go there.
1: Right. But he
6: wouldn't tell me. You know, now we believe in such things. You hear people say, you know, someone died and they met her somewhere else or, you know, in another city.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
6: but that's a ghost. But yeah. we don't believe in zombies. Nah. Those are more a Western <laughs> kind of entities.
1: <laughs> Western
0: entities like our Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster. Exactly. And everything else. Yeah, we have yeah. a lot over there. We have a lot <laughs> No,
6: of that's not ours. We've got no interest <laughs> in all that. <laughs> so I got a
0: question. Since we're talking about, like, you we were talking about, like, where, where they bury people sometimes, which... Yeah, Uh, it was really odd when you said they shoved some guy through a hole in the wall, you know, but anyways, um, (laughs) I just trying to picture that just freaks me out. But um, so you have you have like where they bury him on the compound or in the living room, which I still find that a bit interesting. So do you not have like traditional cemeteries like we do here? Is that something that that that,
6: that, that's the sad thing? Yeah, you see, that's the sad thing about him colonization um, it's brought in all these changes and Christianity, because, like I said before, we would bury the ghosts in the compound and bury them in the in the living room. And if uh-huh. they came back, you know, our folk tales and our folklore reflected all that. So that when we talk about the ghosts that come back, we talk about the ghosts in the family, the ghosts we see in the family. Mm-hmm. These days, because of urbanization and everything and Christianity. You now get people being buried in cemeteries. You get people even being cremated. So of course now the kind of ghosts you're getting are, you know, ghosts that are born from that. You know, people who are um, not. You hear stories about people put um, in a hearse in a car mm-hmm. to be driven to the um, cemetery, and suddenly yes. the car won't move. They would, the driver would do everything and the car will not go anywhere because the corpse is angry. It doesn't want to be buried in a cemetery. It wants to go back home to its family. And they would get the pastors and the priests to pray and spray holy water on the hearth and everything mm-hmm. for the car to start. And eventually the car would start and they'll say to you, the driver looked in the mirror, the rear mirror, and he saw the ghost of the dead person, very angry, and of course the car would crash. You hear that story all the time, Mm -hmm. because these days you're getting the mortuary ghost. That's why in my story, in The Reluctant Dead, I wrote about the follower. And the follower was based on a morgue, a chap who worked in the morgue and They have all these rules in the morgue if you work in the morgue. And this is based on real real stories, you know, because my uncle, one of my uncles worked as a morgue attendant. And he told me that in the mortuary, if you come in there, you've got to knock three times before you enter. Because if you don't knock, you know, you you don't know what you're going to find. And when you go in there, you sit back in the ghost. You don't face the dead bodies. You've got to back them. So, you know, you're not facing them and you've got to say the Lord's Prayer, and before you even wash them or clean them, you've got to pray and seek their permission and ask their permission. And So in that my story, the follower, I, I wrote about the chap who broke all the, ro- the rules uh-huh. and the laws of the mortuary. So now we get these ghost stories surrounding the mortuary and the cemeteries and the, you know, mugs and everything, and it's 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 changed, and that's because they've changed the old... It's still there. You know, we still have the old traditional bury up, burying practices. Right. Like my mom died. My mom died um, a couple of months ago. And, of course, she's buried right inside the compound next to my brother and my niece and, you know, the the rest of the family. And mm-hmm. that's the way it should be. If she decides she's coming back again, she's reincarnating back into the compound. Gotcha. But in people that live in the larger cities, who can't be bothered to go all the way back to the villages? Yeah. Okay. They buried
1: them
0: in the mortuaries. Yeah. Gotcha. So, do you have a? There's uh, a question. Well, there's a question from Ghost Night Media. Oh my God, that must be Cheryl. Um, uh, she wants to know. Uh, do you have a favorite urban legend?
6: Yeah. Wow. You
0: do. What is that? <laughs> what would, and what would that be? <laughs> it has to be a
6: ghost, of course. Of in course, fact.
0: surprise. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
6: um, my favorite of the legend is about the man that stopped his car okay. and um, it was raining and he stopped the car. He saw a young girl who was stranded and she was all alone in the middle of the road and he stopped the car to give her a lift as she got into his car and, you know, she, she he was chatting to her and everything and she was so beautiful and then the next thing she said oh they got to a mortuary a, a symmetry and she said I'm getting off here this is where I'm getting off and he says to her oh no this is just a cemetery." and she says yeah this is where I live and she says to him and he says to her no but it's a cemetery." and then she just disappears and the man, you know, he 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 has goes into paroxysms and everything. Yeah, that one is a common one, and I brought in things of that in my book as well, when I wrote about the night market.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, I love like that. We have that one out here too. Yeah, the the woman, uh, Resurrection Mary, and yeah, there's several ones that actually fit that same kind of, um, you know, yeah. square peg. You know, um, now. Did you visit a witch doctor? I see someone saying ask about did you visit a witch
6: doctor? Did I did I Vi-
0: do? One? Did you visit a witch doctor?
6: Oh gosh, I went once.
0: You went because once and how how'd course, that go? When
6: you want to um when you want to write, you want to get um the real thing. Oh. I need to write absolutely. from absolutely Karen, okay. Because I said to myself, if I'm going to write about um, the witch doctor, I had to have a visual image of the location, where they live, what it's like, what Uh the shrine and everything is like. Okay. So a friend said to me, don't worry, I'm taking you to see a witch doctor. And I was all excited, you know, and we got there. And to my shock, it was a lady. Because I always assumed, you know, witch doctors are all men. But this was an old woman we went to see. And, you know, they said to us, "Well, oh, she is so powerful and everything. And I remember coming in there and I saw the huts and everything. We went into the hut, You know, I, I, I actually described everything I saw in one of my stories.
1: Okay. When I was
6: writing one of my stories in one of my books, mm-hmm. um, I used the visual image I got of her place. Um, in, in that, my book about the unclean, when the lady went, was taken to the first witch doctor to find out why she wasn't having children. And the witch doctor had accused her of being a mermaid, you know, not human. That was the image I had when I was writing that section. And I saw the witch, well, I saw the witch doctor, who was a woman, and she asked me what I wanted. And I said to her, I want to come back to England in a plane and not have a plane crash. Everybody knows I'm terrified of flying.
0: Me too. Yeah, I understand
1: oh. That, so. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to hear a man saying he's terrified of flying. Oh, I
0: hate flying, yes. And terrified of heights, yes. That's me. Go Same ahead.
1: here.
6: I'm oh. terrified of heights. So this lady, she gives me um, this knot, kernel knot. It's the knot that comes from palm trees. Um, she gave it to me, and she says to me, when you're driving back and you get to the Milliken Hill, chuck it into the hill. The Milliken Hill is a famous, famous, um, what do I call it? famous road it's like um a road carved out from a high hill and you just okay. see the deep gully to the left hand side and you know the sheer rise of the m- hill mm-hmm. to the other side and she said to me chuck it into that hill and when you're chucking it in say yes. some things you know that you're chucking away the evil of the plane and everything and i did it well of course, I didn't believe anything, but whatever. I came back to England, all right. My plane didn't crash.
1: It well, there you crashed. go. Well,
6: you know, you... there I go, you know. Well, so it might be that powerful, well, well, or not.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's because you used the word Chuck so many times, too. I think that had a connection, too, I think, right there. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah. You know, so I came back and I quickly wrote down everything I saw, described uh-huh. everything so I couldn't forget it, you know, for my book. Yeah.
1: All right.
0: Well, I see that you say, you know, uh, we, we talk about horror and, and, and I agree where, where there's a statement, that it's a primal fear. That's what yeah. makes us all human, you know, and that there isn't such a divide between the cultures when it comes to what scares the poop out of us, basically. So, um, but we're, when you, when you're saying African horror versus American horror versus Asian horror versus, you know, all the different cultures, How would you, how would you, where would you put yours? Is it more like you're saying, magical and supernatural? I mean, because we have in America, we're, we're, we have paranormal, we're supernatural, you know. Um, you know, you got lots of deep, (laughs) deep, creepy stuff as far as Asian horror goes. So, how would you, how would you like, you know, how would you rank it or how would you put it? I guess would be the question.
6: Um, what I would say, I always say that, you know, I always say to people that, um, Western horror, you know, you, you guys are more concerned with, um, how would I put it, more the non-supernatural elements of horror, you know, I mean, you, you, you have the supernatural element and the non-supernatural elements. you know, you, you're interested in like slasher and gore <laughs> horror, you know, loaded with blood and uh, violence and uh, stuff like yes, that, you know, know, sci-fi horror and aliens yes, and everything, Yes. You know. Yeah, we are not interested in that. Oh. We are strictly interested in supernatural, ghosts, hauntings, possessions, you know, night Uh-oh. flyers, witch, evil children, and, you know, cursed trees and cursed animals and cursed rivers. Wow. So it's, it's everything for us has got to do around the supernatural and yeah. curses, you know.
0: But like so, not aliens at all? I mean, no, nothing like
1: no, oh.
6: yeah, I mean I, I know we've got um, a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant Nigerian American writer, Nnedi uh-huh. Okorafor. She writes of um, uh, uh, you know, sci-fi, science fiction, African, you know, Ooh. science fiction. Yeah, okay. she, she's amazing.
1: Okay.
6: you know, and um, but that's not. It's something she's introducing to us. Bless her. That's not something we know about because I mean, for some reason, I look at all these films. I've never seen any of the aliens land in Africa. I wonder why. You know, they rarely <laughs> land in Africa, except in Independence Day. Because
0: <laughs> you have all yeah. those cursed trees and cursed animals, and cursed land, that's why.
1: No one want to exactly. this ground.
6: <laughs> so, you know, we're not going to get the aliens, and we have no business with them. So, wow. that's not part of our horror. And yeah. we don't have um, powerful doctors like Dr. Frankenstein who's going to win. You know, mutilate a body and bring us those kind of horrible things. No. So, in many ways, I think our horror, that's why I keep saying to everyone that there's such um, a striking similarity between our horror and um, the Japanese Kwiden tradition, you know, because our ghosts are so similar to theirs, Mm -hmm. you know, they're African ghosts. it's all the same supernatural kind of thing, steeped in tradition and culture and superstition and reincarnations and yeah, that that's the difference, you know. Okay. Um,
0: so have you ever like as a I don't know either either an adult or a child have you ever had your own like something that really stands out as far as a supernatural experience?
6: Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Yeah. I grew up... um, Everybody knows my father's house. Well, it was built by my grandfather. And we always... Everyone knew the house was haunted. We we grew up knowing it was a haunted house. And people come around to stare at the house, and they have so many stories about the house. Mm -hmm. And I remember specifically... I I mean, this has happened to me so many times. And not just to me, my sisters, everyone. We've all had the same experience that you'd be in the bathroom having a shower, to get to the bathroom there's a long corridor, you know, with hard um, terraced floors, Mm -hmm. and you can hear everything, you can hear footsteps very clearly. And you'd be in the bathroom and you'd hear the footsteps walking down the long corridor all the way to the bathroom, and he stops at the door, and you're thinking, you're saying, who's there, who's there, you know, I'm in here, and nobody says anything. And most times I think it's somebody, maybe my sister or my brother trying to scare me or something. And I rush there, open the door, and there's nobody. And you don't hear the footsteps going back. That's happened several times, not just to me, but to my sisters. But the one I remember that stuck with me, that Uh one scared the living daylight out of me. So, in fact, in my latest book, The Sleepless, I touched on something similar. um, In one of the ghost scenes, I was playing the piano downstairs. The piano belonged to my late sister. She died in a plane crash. Okay. And since she died, you know, nobody, nobody touched the piano. Everybody knew it was her piano. And I decided this day I was going to play that piano. And I went in there. Now, the, where the piano is, there's a window, um, and it's, a, you know, with the thick drapes, very thick, thick drapes. Okay. And the drapes were across the window and I sat down and I began, there are many windows, there are about one to three, four windows, each one with their own drapes. And I sat down and I began playing the piano. Suddenly, the drape, I mean, when I say drapes, these are heavy, very heavy damask drapes. This thing starts flapping, really flapping widely. And I'm saying to myself, the first thing I said to myself, oh, it's going to rain. You know, it's a big storm. It's going to rain. And then, it strikes me that it's, only that window, only that curtain flapping, none of the other windows. And you know when something doesn't really register and I jump up and I go to look at the window and I find the windows are shut. The windows are shut and this curtain is going crazy. Do you know I ran like I've never run? I've never <laughs> gone in there by myself till date. I've never gone into that um, living room. On my own, I always say to somebody, "Come along with me." Any of my nieces or my nephews, come along with me. So that sticks. That really stuck in my brain, and I remember writing my latest book, *The Sleepless*. And Mm -hmm. there's a scene there when the child sees the curtains uh, flapping wildly. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, that's my closest.
0: Wow, that's, that's yeah. That, that's pretty creepy. I'd say that's a creepy experience. Well,
6: yeah, so, I, I never, I never forgot that. You know, and that happened. I wasn't even young when that happened. I was like, you know, my 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 twenties.
0: Yeah. So I'm kind of curious because I'm gonna go all the way back to when we first started talking because you know you said how you went and studied law and all that kind of stuff, and then you decided to. What made you change from going from law to writing? I mean, what I never was, wanted
6: to do law. It's just that I come from a family of lawyers. My dad was a lawyer, my sister, my uncle,
1: okay. my
6: brother, everyone in my family. My ex-husband, his father, everyone is Isn't a lawyer in the Whoa, message your so family. I, yeah, I, n- I never wanted to do it, <laughs> but I was supposed to do it because my, okay. husband then, my husband then was a lawyer. My first husband then, my father-in-law, my dad, everyone, they just dragged me into the stupid thing. And um, that was never my calling, you okay. know. So as soon as I I, I knew I could go back, I rushed straight back to university to do a master's in writing because, you know, I knew that's my passion. I've always loved writing. But like everything, I say to myself, you can have the raw talent, but if you don't have the structure on Mm -hmm. how to use it, you know, then it's just going to remain raw. So I had to go back to university to learn how to be, you know, how to structure the writing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and certain things like plots and pace and voice and the rest of it. Right. And, um, yeah, and the next thing I remember being there and being told, um, it was the best thing I ever did, actually, Mm
1: -hmm. because
6: I remember in a class, we had a a lecturer, an American lady, Maureen Freely, an amazing lady, um, and an author herself, and I remember her saying to us in class, just write anything, write anything from the heart. Um, write it in two different voices and I wrote a piece and it was something about Africa and the reaction in the class was electrifying it was unbelievable and Maureen said to me, Cambridge um, that's my English name, she said to me you found your voice and that was it that was when I discovered this is my voice but then you have that fear of okay Um, no one's going to read it no one (laughs) will understand it you know, it's it's, it's African you know, Uh ghost stories and then I realized to myself, do you know what true horror crosses all boundaries you know, true horror you know, transcends everything, cultures, barriers everything, and that's why if you're a proper horror fan you can read Korean horror and love it you can read Japanese horror and love it. You can read Scandinavian horror, any horror. And I realized, okay, I can write it. And I think um, h- horror fans will, will appreciate it. And, and I've been lucky. You know, what gave me the greatest joy was when the um, Starbust magazine, which is um, one of the longest-running you know, magazines on calls entertainment. They featured their first African horror also. And then Paranormal Underground magazine featured me as well.
1: Look and at I that. Said,
6: yes! uh, yeah, African horror has arrived.
0: And we, in America, we go, whoop, whoop, That's what we do for
1: that. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that oh, what yeah. you do? Ah, I thought that was
6: good. Nico Rosberg's special sound. <laughs> yeah, because whenever oh, <laughs> Nico Rosberg wins, he goes, whoop, whoop.
0: <laughs> I stole the thing because I'm doing it right now, anyway. So, so <laughs> what was the uh, what was the first what was the first book that you wrote? Because I know you, I see like Unhallowed Graves, The Reluctant Dead. Which which one was the first? What was the first well, book? I, you I
6: started with the Reluctant Dead. You know, I okay. To myself, okay, if I'm going into this new genre, I'd like to introduce my readers slowly. You know, give them a gentle introduction into mm-hmm. African mm-hmm. horror. Okay. So I had six short stories in the mm-hmm. collection of the Reluctant Dead, touching. Okay. the different kinds of deaths and ghosts that would arise from it you know so I had something like um, a Hadiza Mm -hmm. which um, was about a a wife coming to take deadly vengeance against the husband that um, caused her to die you Mm -hmm. know and um, then I had the, the the follower, which was a young girl that died suddenly. Um, I had the little school boy who didn't know he was dead. He had a car crash on his way back to school and um, didn't realize he died. He carried on going to school because he was a good student. So I had a collection of six short stories, African horror stories. And then I did on hallowed Grace. That was the second one. And that was three novellas. So that went, like, in-depth into, you know, African horror. Um, Three long stories. um, The Unclean, um, uh, Night Market, uh, Ojale Night Market, and Our Bones Shall Rise Again. That one was based on an actual place in Georgia, America, where you have something called Ibo Landing, where some... Slaves, Igbo slaves, were brought in 1803, and when they got there, they decided rather than be slaves, they would rather die in a Uh collective act of suicide. And so they they killed their captors, and they walked into the river, and they were chanting and singing as they went into the river, and they drowned because they believed the river was going to take them home, back to Africa. And that place, that, that was said to be the very first civil uprising ever. And that place has become a tourist attraction in, um, in, in the States where people go to see, because people say that they hear sounds and, you know, the place is haunted. They hear the cries and the songs and the chants Ooh. and the rattles of chains of these slaves that committed suicide. So wow. in that, my story, our bones shall rise again. I tried to give them an African burial. I tried to give them closure to bring back the ghosts back to Africa um, in that story. And then the final book, the third one i have just written, is The Sleepless. And The Sleepless is a complete novel. So I started with six stories, three novellas, long stories, and then a novel. So that's the first you know, full African horror novel, and that one is based on... It's set during the Nigerian Biafran War, and the the protagonist is a child. And this child is a child that hears voices, you know, voices in her voice in her head that tells her all kinds of things, all kinds of dark secrets. And when her brother, her little brother, who has Down syndrome, is taken into the forest to be killed by the witch doctor, by by his father,
1: Mm -hmm. your father,
6: you know. Um, she's the only one that knows the story, the secret. And then, of course, she's got to be killed. Her father tries to kill her, and the story progresses from there. And uh, so that's a cool novel, a full African horror novel.
0: yeah, wow, wow, that's a that's cool. so where where are you? Go- I mean, where are you next? Are you have something else on the horizon or oh
6: yeah i' am I'm, I'm already almost halfway through the next one, and that one is called Disturbed. Ooh. Well that's the working title, right? okay. Now. All yeah, right. Um, so sort of, yeah.
0: I just have to ask: What's your what? What does your family of lawyers think about you being a writer? I had to be. I had to have that question get out there. I mean, um, <laughs> to tell you
6: the truth. Yeah, everyone sort of does whatever they want to do, you know. Because now, with my father dead, um, everyone's my uncle dead. Uh, the the chambers are no is no longer there anymore. Mm-hmm. So everyone sort of carried on doing what they want to do. Um, My my sisters are all in the diplomatic service now and my my brother is a politician. So, yeah, we've all gone our different ways now and we're all free to do what we want to do. That's wonderful. yeah, you know, they're not bothered.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. So yeah. we've we've come to the part of the show where, and I, I've just been listening with fascination. Chuck had good questions, and I got to just sit and listen to the show, which was kind of nice for a change. Um, <laughs> very interesting stuff, but we would like to have you at this point let our readers know where they can find your books, where they can find you if you have a website, and that type of thing.
6: Okay. My book, you can get it on Amazon or different online um, outlets, amazon.com or .co.uk, um, Kindle. Uh, you can find out about me at Um I get lots of people dropping me emails through the website. I'm on Twitter, at Nosa Um I'm not on Facebook, unfortunately. I don't do Facebook.
2: You probably don't have time to do Facebook. That thing is a big time waster, man. It's
6: not even time. You know, like when you just have a platform you don't connect with at all. I've never connected yeah. with Facebook. You know, Yeah. I, I think... Because I, 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 the first time I discovered Facebook was friends who would go there and they'll tell me, oh, I've been on Facebook to tell, you, tell people about my holiday, about this, and I said, haven't you got anything better to do with your life than going on Facebook to talk about little nonsensical stuff? So yeah, yeah. So I've never been on Facebook.
2: No. no, I get it. I'm kind of this, I am on Twitter, but I never use it just because it's, I, I've never really connected with it. It's never.
6: Yeah. It's funny. Like, you know, you find hashtag. the platform you connect with.
2: Yeah. I don't understand the whole hashtag thing. So, you know. Oh, bless. <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> I know. I know it is. It's just, you know. It, it, you're right there's just sometimes there are platforms you connect with and others you don't yeah there you go
0: yeah. i um, like facebook so sorry but thank
2: ahead. you for coming on the show um i'm sorry i didn't ask you a lot of questions but i've been enjoying listening to your answers
6: then you know thank you Karen. It's a lovely speaking show Because he said he came prepared you know he said he's the one that's always prepared
2: Ian's <laughs> always prepared and, and like I say, I just kind of got listening and, and Chuck would be like, do you have a question? And I'd think well, I'm doing okay just listening so
0: oh. yes, It was wonderful talking to you. You're adorable that I have to say that. that is just thank wonderful you. talk you. Yes, you yes.
2: Thank
6: you guys. Honestly, it's been lovely lovely, lovely chatting with you and we I think, think we are done. I'm going to show. have myself Sorry?
2: I said thank you for coming on the show Now you can go to bed
6: no, I'm going to start writing down the things I'm going to burn in the morning.
1: There you
2: go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> nice. Good. It, it's very, it's mm-hmm. very effective. Things that yeah. no longer serve you yeah. are yes. just write them down and burn them past. up.
0: Yep.
6: There you oh, go. God, I'm going to start now, honestly. There you go. I'm like, all right. Fire good.
2: good luck with that. <laughs> all
0: right. Thank you.
1: Oh, all yeah, right. Good, good night. Evening,
2: a good bye, morning night. to you. Good,
0: good night. Bye. Bye-bye.
2: All right, guys, that was uh, Nuzo Ono, sorry, oh, good Lord, Um, Nuzo Ono, and um, we need to take a break, so let's do that, we'll take a break, we have a correspondent report coming up Mm -hmm. after the break, so stick around, you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR, we'll be right back.
3: Hey, are you looking for a new paranormal podcast? Check out All Day Paranormal with me, Crystal Vermis. And me, Manny Vega. We come to you every week with the latest in supernatural news and entertainment. That's right, and you can
5: find out more by going to getspooked.net.
3: And don't forget to check out our YouTube show by going to getspooked.net slash YouTube. Hey
2: everyone, this is Winter Balefire. If you share in my love for the macabre and bizarre, please check out my website, winterbalefire.com. There you'll find some of my dark poetry, short stories, and blogs on the paranormal and occult. I'm also active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the name Winter Balefire. Thanks! Hope to see you guys soon. A
1: global secret society, what imprisons your overall freedom, dismissed
6: as conspiracy. Mind controlling technology, dismissed as science fiction evolutions in primal energies, ghostly apparitions, UFO and extraterrestrial life forms dismissed as a fantasy. Three books written by Maria Anna van Driel, telling you everything what can be known by revealing the truth of the most unbelievable actions governments have made in the last eight decades in mind and behavior control.
0: You are a waste.
5: Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for fast. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council
0: so you're looking for the best in paranormal radio well you just found it right here on paranormal underground radio in the dark join me chucky g and my awesome co-host karen frazier for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained
2: that's right every thursday night at 6 p.m pacific 9 p.m eastern and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal and along the way will we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well
0: so join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring
1: the unexplained.
0: We are back. This is MixLR. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your host Karen Frazier and me, Chucky G. And they're off air talking about kicking me in the schnads. Isn't that wonderful?
2: That wasn't me. That was Cheryl. Wait, I, mean, I just said Cheryl, that she could make you. it so like you have an no accident. proof that I've I said know, that. What's going There's not. no proof of and, that. I love
0: you guys. I don't know why you want to kick me into Shenads. I don't understand that. I'm confused. Well, Wolfman has <laughs> Nards. That's Shenads.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: Shnads. Or you can say Nards. Uh, like we'd like to. The monster squad.
3: Okay. Um, by the way,
0: I want to say hi to Amy. It, it happens to be in the. Um, hi, Amy. Uh, know, hi, Amy. Or listen, yes. hi, Amy. Hi, Amy.
1: There
0: you go. So, all right. So, I think it is course bonded time. All right. We have Mr. Jack Kenna, who talked hey, to Pete go. Carolyn. Uh, the historic Salem Courthouse Paranormal Tour Guide about the haunted history of the building. So, you want to go ahead and roll that show? Because that's going to be creepy.
4: So, this is Jack Kenna, paranormal investigator with Spirits of New England and correspondent for Paranormal Underground Magazine. We are here at the historical Washington County jail. Courthouse and Jail. <laughs> And I'm here with Pete forgot. Carolyn. All right, I'm here with Pete Carolyn. But we're sitting, actually, uh, in one of the jail cells, and we're going to be investigating this whole location tonight. But, Pete, you, you said it a little bit earlier you brought me to this cell for a reason.
5: Uh, Second most active
4: place in the building. <laughs> okay. So, so the cell we're in is on the first floor. I'll call it the first floor. Yep. Yeah. We're in the back in the actual prison section. And we're in. What do you know? What cell number? We are in A four. Cell A four. Okay. So uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about the the location, about the the jail. Okay. uh, Not real, not too much. I mean, just yeah, some
5: old basic history. I I know this closed down when. Okay, Uh, this stopped being the Washington County Jail in two thousand and five. Okay. It had been the county seat here in Washington County for every year prior to that, and it was relocated to a larger town, which made some sense. The county turned this building over to the town to use as a uh, community center, and very soon afterwards we got our first ghost request. From a, another team we'll from another team. from Cambridge. Okay, all right. Uh, well, you
4: can, if, if it's a team, you can give me the team name. Okay, so Cambridge Valley,
5: Cambridge Paranormal.
4: Okay, fantastic. Yeah, we like to give a little bit of uh, a plug for everybody. Plug, yeah, for whoever.
5: Yeah, we're yeah.
4: we're we're not we're all
5: about us. We're about okay, all cool. teams. So so they uh, they came in and they had a great time. Okay. And they put some stuff on the internet on their website. Awesome. And a couple other groups picked it up. Uh, we're now doing probably twenty to. Twenty to thirty tours a year right. here. Now, not advertised, not publicized. Now, people just come. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and the
4: what I find the really interesting thing about you guys, which I know is about to change, but for many years, you guys didn't charge for. No. I mean, even tonight, let's
5: investigating. You don't. No. You're not charging us. for we this. No But starting. I understand that's
4: changing because you're working with another local uh, group out of Glens Falls. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, they
5: they're kind of my my. Uh, when we when I started kind of your this, I, team kind of thing yeah okay and I'm who are a who team are they member they? and who, who are they that would be the South Glens Falls Paranormal Society okay, fantastic fantastic um when I started this I had never done one of these and now because of this building I'm probably one of your more in- experienced awesome, awesome. investigators I've done. A few hundred now. Wow. <laughs> that might be more than me, even, right? Yeah. That's it's, awesome. That's it's, awesome. Like I said, it's 20 to 30 a year. Yeah. And it's been that way for the last eight. Yeah. Yeah. We've that, been doing this for almost 10. Okay. Awesome. The first year it was like four or five. And you volunteer for this. I'm, I'm a volunteer. Okay. I do it because I'm kind of fascinated by it. Yeah. I like seeing things that I can't explain. Well, you're just like the rest of us yeah. investigators. We have our own personality. And we all kind we of, have to do this, right? every group that I've dealt with is like, well, we want to prove that it's wrong. <laughs> and I love to see people try and prove that it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And you're sitting That's there true. going, well, yeah, I know somebody just pulled my hair. Yeah. And it wasn't the person standing next to me because they're six feet away. Yeah. Now I was here a few months ago
4: with another group. I'm here today with my own group and some friends who never investigated before. So maybe I'll do that. But you and I had an experience in the courthouse section, up in the the, the gallery area. Up in the gallery, so in the just, balcony. Just, just tell me quick. Tell, tell the
5: audience quick what happened there. I'll let you tell it. Oh gosh, <laughs> I don't know what happened on your side. <laughs> I was standing about. But I six was to f- both of us. Yeah, yeah. I was standing about six feet away from you. And It's like, Tack, did you hear that? What's going on? Are you are you whispering? And, and, and what did I say? I said. And he goes, Yeah, yeah they're I, screaming in my ear. Yeah, I heard it right in my ear. Yeah,
4: yeah. And it was a, it was a little girl's voice. Yeah, that I heard literally right in my ear when you were away. Yep. Then a little bit later, we were know, sitting next we, to each other, kind of watching. And we had a chair chamber. between us. Yep.
5: And what happened? And it's like we looked at each other, and it's like, okay, stop. Yeah. We heard it again. Yeah. It was right, more between voices. Us. Literally, right between, between us. us.
4: The same little girl voice. I yeah. heard it one other time after that. Yeah. That was a really interesting experience. It's a big reason I wanted my team to come here. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll
5: have fun tonight. Yeah, and they're all women. Oh, Well, yeah, most, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got Two a couple male friends. Yeah, right? Gone. Yeah, I
4: brought with me a couple of my buddies. But the rest of it's all women, and yeah. there's 11 of us here, I think. Yeah. So. It'll be a fun <laughs> it night. It be interesting. It'll but be a fun night. Thank you for the interview. No you know, if, you, if If you guys can ever make it here, anybody listening, you want to make it up here? Just uh, email Cheryl Knight, and she'll get the information to me, and I'll pass it on to you. It's a great location, great place. Even when they start charging, come up here because I'll be paying too. So <laughs> I will be back. I know it. So Pete, thanks we again. We got a good book, man. <laughs> exactly. Thanks again. I appreciate the. Interview. No problem. And we might come back a couple little times just if we have some uh, activity. We'll maybe stop, make a quick. Cool. Uh, uh, this little burst session of yeah. what we did, what happened, and what we heard. So let's see how it goes. Also, if there's anybody in the cell with us who'd like to say hello, here's your yeah. chance, man. Speak up. There's a reason why I came will, to this. I cell. will not leave your voice out of this little score correspondent report. So just don't swear. <laughs> I don't care if they do. Cheryl <laughs> sure, might, but I won't. But they, they, they say, she can't use it if they ex- swear it. No, him. she'll probably use it anyway. It's all online, so it's all. okay. Oh, okay. It's all okay. good. So thanks again, Pete, and no thank problem. you for everything in your cell. Thank, us for, thank you for letting us use your cell, and hopefully you'll talk to us more tonight. Cool. All right.
0: Great. All right. That was our correspondent, Jack Kenna, this evening. That was nice haunted history of Salem, New York. Yeah, let, the
3: me the just, let me yeah? just say uh-huh. real quick, Jack Kenna is on Haunted Case Files right now. They may, may have... One episode, later. I'm not sure, what? but check Destination America. I'm sure there's repeats if the the new ones are over, but but um, yeah, he's some of his cases um, have been featured on Haunted Case Files, and so you'll see him on that show as he's well like a celebrity. as yeah, as well as on the show Paranormal Survivor, also from Destination America. So check those two sh- two shows out.
0: I love that kind of stuff, so I guess I love that show.
3: And he's super
2: awesome. Z- and he's he's he is super, super awesome. Yeah. And I always expect when you say Jack is going to be on that he's going to show up with his animal friends.
0: Yes, that's what I always think about. (laughs) Isn't that
3: Jack Hanna?
0: That
2: would be Jack Hanna, but it's close. It's close. It's kind of wrong. And so, you know, sometimes I miss here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So
0: our guest this evening, was—well, she was cool. She was just really
3: amazing it's really
2: interesting, well, part, so, so two things By were the, happening yes okay first of all i kept getting booted from the conversation so i was only hearing bits and pieces of it because spike skype kept booting me but the other thing is like i was listening to the show it's kind of
3: it was kind of fun to listen to the show instead of participating and i'm not gonna lie really it is well, kind yeah, of I, fun I, to listen to the show and I also i have to promote our magazine because we did feature uh news in, in the July issue, she's mm-hmm. on the cover, actually, of the magazine. And we have an investigator spotlight with her that's, it's actually called Haunted Entertainment Spotlight. But anyway, she does a Q&A with uh, um, Ian White. And mm-hmm. in the Q&A, she talks a lot about what she talked about tonight. But there's some other really cool details in there that you, you might want to check out. So it's the July 2016 issue. You can go to paranormalunderground.net and check it out there cool so uh
2: what do we have coming up on the show so we we have about what three or four more shows and then we're going on hiatus because thanksgiving we won't have a show
3: yeah that's correct um let me pop up on my schedule here all right yes coming up we have next week we have two members of the ohio ghost hunters we will talk to them next thursday november 10th and then on the november 17th we'll be talking with chris fleming medium and paranormal researcher Yay, um, yay, yay. You've probably seen Chris on TV. He's done a number of different paranormal shows, and uh, and then we will be off for Thanksgiving, November twenty fourth. Oh, we will then, birthday. yeah, okay. we'll be okay. eating turkey and stuff. And then on no- November, November, where are we? December first and December eighth. Yeah. We will have some some good shows coming up then. And then we are going on a four week hiatus, and we will return. January twelfth.
2: Whoa. So please Four. don't
3: forget about us. Come back January please. So 12th. December first
2: is Jay Verberg, right? And December eighth is Ross Allison. Correct.
0: So yes, yeah, so it looks like we have a lot of good shows, a little bird in between and
2: So next week, six PM Pacific, nine PM Eastern. Who is it again?
3: Uh, I Ohio Ghost Hunters.
2: Ohio Ghost Hunters. So um, come back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Other times in the flyover states. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on Mixella. Thank you.
0: If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be
1: something paranormal.